0: prices slumped below $70 a barrel last night and Australia's economy is slowing in a way the RBA will be happy with. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes and then in part two of our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ's Coon Go looks at the Indian rupee and the Singaporean dollar next year.
1: Even if the Fed, say, were not to cut or not cut as aggressively, I think we should still see Asian currencies perform better given the environment of an improving macro in Asia.
0: But first in five and five with ANZ, oil prices slumped 3.5% to 4% overnight because markets see slowing economic growth, restricting demand for oil. And certainty about supply cuts from OPEC Plus remain elusive. West Texas Intermediate fell nearly $3 a barrel to $69.44. Brent fell $2.60 to $74.67. The S&P and NASDAQ are flat this morning. The Aussie dollar is up a touch at 65.61 US cents at 5am Sydney Melbourne time, while the Kiwi dollar was a bit firmer at 61.52 US cents. The US dollar is under pressure as US interest rates fell even more overnight. The US 10 year yield fell another five basis points to 4.11%. Gold was up half a percent to $2,047 US 50 cents an ounce, again rising as US interest rates and the US dollar fall. Number two, Australia's GDP grew 0.2% in the September quarter. That was weaker than most in the market expected, although the 2.1% for the year was above expectations because of revisions to previous quarters. ANZ's Head of Australian Economics Adam Boyton was expecting 0.3% for the quarter and sees an economy slowing in a way that should please the RBA.
2: There's clearly a deceleration occurring in Australian GDP growth and I think this is really quite important Some people might point to the fact that yearly growth was higher than either we or the market thought, but that reflects revisions that are now almost ancient history. If I look at the most recent couple of quarters, the momentum in growth is slowing 0.2 in Q3 after a 0.4 the previous quarter. You know, growth is annualising, I guess, over the past six months at about one and a quarter. That's a pretty soft pace of growth. Trend in the Australian economy is double that. And when you think about the incredible surge in population, uh, it should be double that again plus a bit more. So if the Reserve Bank wanted a period of sub-trend growth to help get inflation back to the target band through the course of next year and into 2025, certainly the GDP numbers suggest that
0: that's occurring. Number three, Adam says the 400 basis points of rate hikes in the last 18 months are now bearing down on consumer spending along with an increase in taxes, as incomes creep up through
2: the brackets. On the demand side of the economy, we're continuing to see softness in consumer demand. That was flat in the quarter. There are a couple of wrinkles there, if I can put it that way, and that is uh, a lot of government programs had the effect in the GDP data of lowering household consumption and boosting government spending. But even if we were to take that into account, the consumer side of the economy is quite soft. And uh, sort of really quite interesting, actually, in the national accounts was just the surge in income tax payments that we're seeing. Just to give you a sense of that, income tax payments have grown more than 20% over the past year, uh, and that's more than double the pace of overall household compensation. So, between higher income tax payments, the interest rate increases we've had, and also still the quite high level of inflation in Australia, real household disposable incomes are now decidedly below a pre-COVID trend. So, that makes it difficult to get much growth out of household consumption uh, going forward for the next
0: couple of quarters. Number four. Adam says the most acute part of Australia's economic slowdown now appears to be over. This is probably the
2: part of the cycle that's going to be the most difficult for the household sector. We've just had what we think is the last interest rate increase. We're about six months away from a fairly significant income tax cut. Inflation is moderating, which should provide a a bit of support to, to real household incomes. So as far as the pressure on household budgets... Uh, The the very end of this year is probably the most acute point. Uh, And that's part of the reason why we've been thinking for a little while the sort of second half of this year into the early part of next year was
0: probably going to be the softer spot for growth in the Australian economy. Number five. Adam is now more convinced the RBA can stay on hold and not have to hike in February when it makes its next decision.
2: What the national accounts have done is increase the likelihood that 4.35% is is the peak in the cash rate. Just some of those elements that point to softness in growth in coming quarters uh, are sitting behind that, plus also uh, the impact that higher taxes payments, not just interest payments, are having on household incomes. Again, that, that would suggest the economy is slowing. It has slowed. The trajectory's been to the downside. We're growing below trend. And... In the RBA's words, that will uh, enable a better balance between demand and supply.
0: Adam Boyton there. Now, in part two of our bonus deep dive interview, I talked with ANZ's Head of Asia Research, Kun Go, in Singapore about the outlook for Asia's currencies next year. Remember yesterday he explained about the importance of the US dollar's trajectory in tandem with the Fed and how it could affect China's yuan or renminbi. Today, he looks at how India's rupee and the Singapore dollar will fare next year.
1: The Indian rupee is um, in a completely different category from the other Asian currencies. Uh, We know that the Reserve Bank of India had been managing the currency a lot closer and tighter and they basically uh, removed volatility and kept the rupee in a very, very narrow trading range. I think that is done in order to try and promote uh, manufacturing and exports and investment into India by basically keeping the currency as stable as possible. Uh, So in that regard, even with the US dollar weakening, as we expect, and other Asian currency strengthening, Uh, We don't think that will result in uh, the rupee appreciating because the RBI, we suspect, will just continue to accumulate their FX reserves, absorb any inflows coming into the country uh, to continue to build up their FX reserves and keep the the currency stable. Uh, You know, the external macro headwinds have definitely improved for India, and India just reported much stronger than expected GDP growth yesterday. And we have bond index inclusion next year for Indian bonds, uh, which will attract at least two and a half billion dollars a month of inflows. Typically, that should result in rupee appreciation, but we expect the RBI to absorb those flows and keep the rupee stable. So therefore, although we are positive on the macro outlook for India, we think that uh, the rupee will most likely be an underperformer in the region.
0: What about the Singaporean dollar?
1: Well, the single dollar uh, in terms of the sing near relative to the basket is already trading at the upper bound. Therefore, any further appreciation will be limited to the slope of the policy band, which we estimate to be 1.5% per annum. So further appreciation is what we expect, but it's going to be modest. And we don't expect the MAS to tighten policy further next year. Although growth is starting to pick up, Inflation still seems somewhat sticky, so we expect the MAS to keep current policy settings tight, but I don't think there's anything that will prompt them to tighten further. So for the SING dollar, I think it's just a case of gradual modest appreciation in line with the slope of the policy ban.
0: Just finally, I mean, how important is is what the Fed does over the next year in these outlooks uh, for Asian currencies? How much of a factor might that be in in a different outlook?
1: Well, as we've seen in the last few years, uh, the outlook for the Fed and the dollar is vitally important in terms of the fortunes of Asian currencies. If the Fed were not to cut and if inflation proves to be more problematic in the US, uh, which might even prompt the Fed to hike further, then We could see a return of dollar strength and Asian currencies will come under pressure again.
0: ANZ's coon go there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Thursday, December the 7th. Look out tomorrow for Brian Martin's view on why the Fed is likely to start cutting in the September quarter of next year and cut 200 basis points from peak to trough by the June quarter of 2025. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.